Hello, I'm Craig Esther. I'm Alexis Grace Clark. And I'm Mauricio Dominguez. And this is Building, Building a Stage, Stage Podcast. Podcast by Break the Chain Theater Company. Ooh, that's sexy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Building a Stage, the podcast from Break the Chain Theater Company about starting and now running a theater company because we have officially started the theater company, which we're going to talk about today. We know it's been a while. It's because we got lots of things to tell you. This would be a little bit shorter of an episode, but don't worry. There will be a much longer breakdown of events that have transpired over the last like two months. We're approaching the last week of the run of our first full production, the RNJ Project, and it's wild and crazy. So before I monologue, I just want to hear from you and Maurizio, Alexis, about you all's experience of the show. I just want to hear your perspective first before I start jabbering. So how was it for you? It's been a weird one because I haven't done stage combat direction in a very long time. And this was the first show that we got to do intimacy direction on as like me as director, but also just our theater doing it, period. So it was a really awesome experience to go through and have, and we have a wonderful cast that were really awesome throughout the whole process. It's just, it wasn't exactly what we thought it would be, I don't think. (laughs) And I think you can say that for every aspect of this. I wasn't prepared to do all the other things that I ended up doing. And that like even me and Maurizio ended up doing that we really weren't supposed to and really wasn't in our contracts because as performers and other, you know, performers and artsy people, we we really work by contract, as I'm sure anyone who's listening to this who has done anything with music or singing or acting or dancing, you do what your contract states and that's it. And you do your work. You're paid on your date that says in your contract and your date is from so-and-so on your contract. So the fact that it really wasn't that black and white and there was a lot more gray in this whole thing, it became difficult for a long time. I mean, not to mention like, yeah, of course, it's a show that you sometimes you just have to kind of be flexible and work on the fly with things. I know we ended up changing quite a bit of the stage combat because we just had to work with the space that was provided to us. It ended up being a lot more than I think we originally anticipated as a whole. I definitely agree with all of that. And I've heard this said of not just for theater, but a film as well, that there's always two different productions, right? The one that you envision and then the one that you end up making. And the reason that they're sometimes so different is, as Alexis said, you just have to work within your constraints. You know, there's only so much funding you have available. There's only so much lighting, so much sound, you know, there's only so much that you have access to. And sometimes, you know, the the, the location or the, the the people that you're working with require you to be more flexible and kind of just compromise in some, in some areas. For me, though, just kind of watching the process has been very, very informative. And I think it just, it's just shown me a lot of what it takes, you know, to, to produce, you know, quality professional theater, exercising that flexibility, working with others, you know, and also listening to to feedback from the cast or, you know, from the crew and just kind of problem solving, you know, all of the numerous challenges or issues that come up every now and then. And I think something too, like us as a theater company, I think we established a level of quality 
not just like what we want going forward into the future, but also what we'll stand for, which I think is just a really important building block that we were never going to be able to do unless we did this. You kind of have to, I mean, it's that point where you just kind of got to dive in Mm -hmm. uh, because we just, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And that's uh, the truth of it. So for me, I was, I was and am still stretched pretty thin working on this from like, from the writing and the directing, just like all kinds of crazy jobs I didn't know I'd end up doing, which is like. Dude, you did so much shit that you didn't need to do or like you shouldn't have done as a director, but you did it anyway. This is very true. But it's also that, um, I mean, those were things like cleaning the space, doing the laundry, running ticket sales, doing box office, like just, you know, all of those jobs. But I think that all the artistic directors that I've worked with, that I've looked up to, have all never been afraid of doing all of those things. So I've sort of taken it as a like, I said this to Maritza the other day, and it's kind of an, it's a callback to our first episode, which was that we asked for this, you know, (laughs) we really did. So every challenge, everything that sort of came our way, that was kind of my mantra was like, this was what you wanted. So this is what's going to make the thing happen. The biggest lesson I learned was that my job in terms of both being the artistic director, but also directing the show is not so much to dictate to everybody what they should be doing and what the show should be and all of that. It really is to take this group of artists and go and think what's going to showcase them the best, what's going to give them the best display of what they can do. And it's my job to remind them why they loved doing this and what their original impulse creatively was. Because I think we get bogged down in problem solving a lot of the times. And um, so it was nice to go up to an actor now and then and go, remember when you did that really fun thing? You look like you were having fun. You can do that. It's okay. It led to creating a show that was not about saying, hey, actor, you're at you know this certain level in your acting journey and you're not quite where I need you to be. It was going, hey, you don't quite have this skill, but you do this thing really well. How can we meld those two things, which then also helps them push through that skill ceiling because they start to then own uh, what they're doing. So that kind of being the nurturer and like the parent figure was was really, really interesting. Uh, the other thing I kind of want to bring up here that we had to do with this process is we had to learn how to sell our show. We had to learn yeah. how to reach out to the community and get audiences in here. And I'm not going to lie, it was hard. And there were some nights that were very low based on the number of you know seats that we have. And I was asking other artistic director friends and they were like, yeah, that's how it goes. You know, <laughs> the first show, like you're going to be asking people a million things and you can't take it personally you're just a you're a new entity and you know it's just gonna it's just gonna take time but i'm really proud both you and Alexis Maurizio about how you all were like making trailers doing video content like just doing every crazy thing you could and keeping me out of it which i really appreciate <laughs> of just going you don't have to do that just go do you know go do your thing um so i want to hear about i want to hear about how you guys worked together to create a lot of that content for the show is so beautiful. The videos, the the photo wall in the theater, um, the actor profiles, all of it is really wonderful. So yeah, talk, let's talk about that. It's definitely helped 
I worked a nine to five, you know, for a um, a creative studio out in Southfield. And so, you know, the last few uh, couple of years, I've been get, getting to try out different com- uh, commercials and different ad- advertisement styles for different clients. And so, I mean, that just got me thinking, you know, about like, we're having a discussion about, well, how can we generate more, more, you know, more, more interest, bring more people in and something that, that I think occurred to us, maybe, I don't want to say late, but that's one thing that we know now, you know, for, for future, for future projects is there were people who were wondering what the show was about. Mm. When you have like people like who are, who are wanting to know more, but they maybe like the poster or the, it, it's not, doesn't give them a lot of information. It might be easier for them to get pulled into seeing a show that they they do know and that has been done over and over again. You know, I think it occurred to us that hey, you know, maybe we, we can do something that shows a little bit more, gives more context about what it is that that this show is and what people can expect when they come to see see the show. That's when we decided to do the the first video, just you know, the three of us and Craig, you explaining a little bit about what the what the topic is and what the audiences could expect. And then once we got to the point where we had, you know, after we, if the show opened to be able, we went in to get some videos of the performances, you know, so that people could see without giving too much away because we don't want, you know, we want people to we want to just show enough to reel people in and say, hey, come see this. You know, like if you like what you see here, you need to come see the show. Because I feel like that way we, we you kind of grab their attention and you, that kind of serves for them as an incentive to, hey, if you want to know more, come see the show in person. Yeah, and I will just jump in real quick just to compliment you. I've, I've had so many people after just seeing the video going, oh, that's what, oh. <laughs> you know, there's so many people who um, I just thought it was really beautiful. Like you did two trailers. You did a story trailer and then like a sort of, I don't know how to, I don't want to say more general trailer, but like maybe like one was vibes, the other one was story. <laughs> And um, yeah, like one was horizontal, the other one was like vertical for like you know people who are like on TikTok or Instagram or that sort of thing. Yeah, and it's one of those things where like you know your friend is a filmmaker, and then you see what he does with the footage, and you go, "Oh, look, that's you know." And uh, and lots of people have had really amazing commentary on it. And I will say, like for both of you, for both of you, um, the traffic to our social media has been so up during the, you know, during this. So no matter what happens with like numbers of people showing up places, which there are a lot more people showing up next weekend, thankfully. Yes. Yeah. That was so, the goal. Yeah. So no matter what happens, we have definitely made an impact. People know who we are and that we're, and that we're around. So, you know, hats off to both of you. Yeah. I was about to say like, I had ideas, but I can't edit for crap. So I would have been nothing without Maurizio. Like I don't really understand TikTok. I'm getting there. Like, I had ideas, sure, but, like, and I filmed some stuff, but Mauricio is our editing master and our editing king, and I just love that I can just, me and Mauricio actually work really well together, Mm -hmm. and we just kind of feed off of each other now, because, like, I trust anything that he does, and I would hope he trusts me to do anything, too, so it's just really nice to be like, hey, I have this idea, what do you think of it? And then we can just immediately go into, yeah, let's do that. And then let's add this. Mm -hmm. And it's just been a really wonderful experience, like figuring that out together. I wouldn't say that we relate to the marketing game. It's that we were never supposed to be as in-depth with marketing as we were. And that's another story for another time. Mm -hmm. But I think if we had been given the amount of time that we really wanted, 
I think we would have been able to do a lot more, especially because this is the first time we've had the actors beforehand, before the show. And like, we wanted to take advantage of that so hard Mm -hmm. because that's really what, you know, the people that work for you and work with you are going to be the ones that tell your story after your, after the whole process is said and done. So I wanted to make sure that we showcased our actors as much as humanly possible throughout this entire process, not just for like the longevity of like, you know, photo archives or trailer archives or like, you know, we're eventually going to film this for our archives, but like actually seeing that like, yes, we are a theater company that hires actors Mm -hmm. and look, they get to be featured here. We tag them in everything so they can come away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, I'm going to be sharing all the photos with the actors so that they can take them for their websites. Like, we're trying to be as open with the people because we really appreciate them. We appreciate everything they've done. And we don't just say that because they were an actor and we paid them and they made and they said, you know, set our story. No, like, this has actually been a really amazing process. And we want to make sure that they get as much as humanly possible from us because we're all actors and we've been in shows that have no production photos that have nothing to take away from it except a show poster. Mm-hmm. And this, at the end of the day, yes, it's experience, but it's not really helpful for anything besides just a line on your resume. But, you know, for photo- photography, it's, I, I think it's very important to see the show multiple times to make sure that you can then position yourself for better options for photography. Like I traveled on stage for some stuff because I knew I could. And I knew that we want it would be a better angle than just seeing it from the audience perspective because why not take advantage of that? You know, why not take advantage of our actors wanting to do TikToks because that's just their generational thing? Why not do all of these things that we can do because we can and technology is right there. Yes, you know we're tired when this is the most serious episode of this podcast that has ever existed. There's been so little joking. <laughs> we haven't cut each other off, really. Like, it's just been, like, the most... Um, don't worry, the funny will come back. The fun the fun will come back. Making we're stuff is hard. Tired. Making stuff is really hard. But the other thing I want to bring up, because I think we've sort of talked around it a little bit, is that, you know, we did have a partner on this show. We worked with Matrix Theater Company um, in Detroit, Michigan, where I work as the director of operations. And so we did what's called a co-production. So for people who don't know what that is, a co-production essentially means that two company, two theater companies are going to work together to, as it literally says, produce a show. So that might mean that one place is funding while the other place is creating, which was sort of our situation here. Um And so that means that those responsibilities for the production get split. We are both small companies. (laughs) And so when you're doing, uh, when you're doing something like this together, sometimes, you know, you end up making promises for things and then not having the capacity for them the way you thought you would and the way that who's doing what gets traded back and forth um, ends up sometimes, sometimes it's like a little heavier on one side than it is on the other side. Sometimes vice versa and you have to deal with the capacity that you know that you have to to do things and so i think a big struggle on this on this production because why not just be you know fair and clear about it was that as we were making as we were making the work our partner our partner who gave us again our space and our funding and all of that 
didn't always have the capacity for marketing. So we had to come in and do a little bit more marketing than we were expecting to do, you know? So, so there was stuff like that, that we learned is like, how do you, how do you be honest about, I can do this much work and I can do this much work. And how does that cover everything? And I think we'll definitely take that into the future as we maybe collaborate with more people and, you know, build more work like this. Um, we'll definitely be more clear about who's doing what, what, what is that expectation? And hopefully we'll have a little bit more capacity to then be able to go, okay, that maybe that job's not getting done like we would like to get it done. So maybe then we can figure out how to step in and sort of handle those avenues, if that makes sense. Yeah. Every time you, you kind of step into the plate of a larger production or like for this being our first full main stage production, there's always going to be challenges and things that are going to come up that you weren't expecting. Mm-hmm. I would say that what probably for me is like the clearest from from this experience has been that for future, uh, you know, making sure that we are in communication about what is getting done and what people have the capacity to do. Because for us, you know, being the three primary ones with the co-founders who are fully invested in this, we're going to do whatever it fucking takes. I'll cut that out. But we're going to do whatever it takes. Get the fuck in there. It's fine. <laughs> We're going to do whatever it fucking takes to get the show done because it's a project that, you know, we are we are fully invested in and we are giving it, you know, all our time and effort and our passion and we want it to be successful. And I think the downside to that is that you, you almost set the standard to people, to others that, oh, well, you know, they'll pick up the slack if something exactly. is missing or if something is lagging behind, they'll just pick up the slack. And I think that that's collectively just one of the, the things that we feel like we understood why it had to happen this time because, as you said, you know, we wanted the show to be successful. We wanted to make sure that we reached out to people, that we brought people in. But I think for future partnerships, the lesson learned is to make sure that we remain in communication about what's being done so that it's not just us coming in to pick up the slack all the time. Sometimes it may just be as simple as, hey, you know, um, I noticed we haven't been getting many ads out. You know, how can we help? What can we do to solve this? You know, maybe we we share the marketing or we alternate, we take turns, you know, like uh, one week or another week to make sure that no one is has like way too much to deal with and doesn't feel overwhelmed. And so that we we still maintain that communication to be able to have a, an effective partnership. Yeah, the other thing in terms of that is that both sides are learning in a partnership, right? And this theater had not done this before and we had not done this before in terms of like being together producing at producing the full thing. So I think that while there are parts of it that are that are frustrating because you're just collaborating is hard, we're going to, in our future, as we've talked about, take that into, to, into consideration as we're learning. Another big thing on this show was also learning <laughs> how to manage people and being in the position of being the sort of liaison between the two companies I was definitely fielding a lot more information than someone who was just directing the show <laughs> would ever would ever have to deal with. I mean, the director of the show should probably not be, you know, counting the house and doing <laughs> and doing the ticket sales and doing the payroll, you know, but everybody's getting paid on time and you know, we're very happy for that. So if we can just talk about like what we learned from having to step into uh, maybe some different roles and areas than we thought we were going to have to step into. Uh, what was that? What was that for you guys? For me, it was just at the point of the job needs to get done, so let's get it done. Yeah. 
And I think that goes back to Mauricio's point is that, you know, this was a really, really big deal for our company. And we were going to make it work no matter what, no matter the cost to us. Not like usually, not usually financially, but like, you know, like us as people, you know, I stepped in and painted the set. I, the cast is wearing a lot of my own clothes. <laughs> yes. It just worked, you know, mm-hmm. it's just those stuff that it, if it works, you do it especially if it, it's not going to be detrimental to your health. And sometimes if it is detrimental to your health, let's be honest. It's not really the healthiest thing to spend 12 hours a day in the theater, but you know, it, it happened. I napped there. It was fine. <laughs> oh, really? I did not know that. Yeah. Like not like overnight, but like I would, you know, work in the, in like the early, in like the morning. And then I would literally like, at like four o'clock, I would go down to the theater because my office is right above the theater. I go down to the theater and I would literally make a little bed of some chairs and I would sleep until like five or five thirty, and then people yeah. would show up and then you know we wow. would we would do rehearsal. Um, but it's fine. These were the things that we like you know want and dream about is like making a show like this. So yeah, yeah. it's not necessarily healthy to work you know eighteen nineteen hour days having a day job and then going to the theater and being there until yeah. nine or ten p.m. But it's what you have to do, and especially for me, who's not living the dream, mm-hmm. to try to live the dream eventually. Yeah. You remind me of Tech Week. Tech Week is always challenging, you know, to varying degrees. That week in particular, things got really busy at the studio. And so it was like chugging away, editing stuff, and then taking about maybe 10, 15 minutes just to decompress, breathe a little, and then, okay, we have to go to the next, you know, because we have a show to run, going to the Matrix space and to begin loading sounds, which I have to say, thank you so much for trusting me with the opportunity to do sound. I had never done sound designing for a show before. Really? Um, no, I had not, believe it or not. No. Yeah, that, that was so much fun. I mean, I mean, watching both of you kind of step, step into those roles as well was so cool. But the sound, just talking about the sound real quick, there's, I was asking for some very specific things and um and i knew that they were very specific and marita would play me things i'm sure you could tell by my reaction i'd be like okay so what's the next one (laughs) and like not being a jerk but like when you're that exhausted and you're like i just want the right sound and generally like we went through a few things but we always got to what the right sound was and the the hardest one i think was the church music because i wanted very specific like very specific church organy piano sound for for a moment where a character is playing a minister and they're preaching. I'm like, that it sounds a certain way and you can't really like, it can't be slightly off or anything like that. And the first day we played a few different things and it, and it wasn't quite working. And so I basically, you know, said, said to you, like, I think it's like this and it's like this and it's got this kind of rhythm and blah, blah, blah. And bless Mauricio's heart. The next day he came back and was like, I did it. I got it. And it was and it was the sound we have in the show now. And it's 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 so great. I was like, listen, I'll look it up. It's fine. I don't want to stress you out. And you're like, no, I got it. And you, and you found it. So you did, I mean, you did an amazing job. A quick shout out to all the artists on Pixabay who create music to share, you know, for use, royalty free to use in productions. They are doing God's work, you know, <laughs> making some of these some of these pieces and making them available, you know, to use to use in productions. I have the whole list, so I'll put them in the description for the episode. But like, yeah, Good. I mean, big shout out to all of all of our fellow artists on Pixabay sharing content with the world. Yes, and they are all credited in the program as well because it's just it's so cool that artists are you know giving their work to allow for 
us to create the stuff that we that we got to create on this show. Like we said, we're going to do a deeper dive later on on the production, but we wanted to have wanted you all to have a little snapshot of what's been going on and why you may have not heard or seen us in the last like two months. Um, this is why we're exhausted, but it's a good thing to be exhausted about. Um, so just to wrap up real quick, can we just everybody just like maybe like one of your favorite like memories or moments from making the show, and we'll close out that way. Not necessarily a, a, a moment, but something that I, I think is the culminating point of all of this process. And I know it's just very recent. You know, today we, we began talking about what is a solution we can use for this closing weekend if we need to put additional seats. It doesn't throw a wrench in the middle of everything, but it does pose some challenges because we, as we discussed, you know, there are some stage combat, fight choreography. That creates another, not an issue, but something to to troubleshoot around, you know, how can we safely add more chairs? Because mm-hmm. tickets are selling and people want to come see the show. So for me, I think after all of the process that we went through in the first couple of weekends, when we were worried or thinking, hey, you know, we're not getting the turnout that we had hoped for. How can we improve this? So that just kind of shows that we were able to collectively as a team, you know, address the challenge and said, okay, this is the issue we're having. How can we fix this? What can we do to bring more people in? And now here we are talking about how can we accommodate all these additional people that we wanted to bring in. So to me, that was just such a major point, a key point, because after all of the the, the mad scrambling and, you know, all of the juggling different tasks, this is what we wanted. This this exact thing. We want people to see this show, to experience this show. So kudos to, to the whole team. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. One of my favorite things is because, you know, we we threw a lot at these kids, our actors. We threw a lot at them really fast. So, of course, there was periods where people got frustrated and it's it's very warranted and very valid. But finally seeing those light bulbs go off when people got it, whether it be combat or their lines or like a section of speech, like seeing it from time to time to time, you can tell when the light bulb goes off. Mm-hmm. And it's just such an exciting thing because mm-hmm. you celebrate with them. They're celebrating with you. Like it's it's just a really wholesome, humbling moment that I just, it never gets old. It never gets old. Yeah. The, um, the moment I'll say for me started out from being something kind of difficult because you work really hard to write things and make them authentic and truthful. And so we have a char- a non-binary character that sort of struggles with how to connect with their identity and then how to share that identity with the world within the show. And so our actor playing it is a non-binary performer named Al Duffy. And um, and, they, and they were having some trouble in the first like couple weeks of rehearsal with those scenes, those sections. And for me, I was kind of like, what's going on? Like what? And it turned into sort of a longer conversation where we felt like the writing was sort of not that it was like, not that it was bad in its form, but that its function didn't give the character a chance to have joy. Everything was really heavy. Mm-hmm. And so we had this conversation and I took a lot of notes and I went away and we just kind of found this scene of what happens when a young person is validated for who they are for the first time. And um, I'm just, I'm, really really and this is not about me it's i'm really proud of al for saying something and um because it's it's really hard for like a young actor to do to come up to the director and the writer you know and say hey listen you know this is why this isn't working for me 
And um, and that's the scene in the show that no matter what kind of mood I am, I'm in, I'm always crying. Literally always crying when that scene happens because it's because that that's what I wanted to say. And I needed that person to be in the room to figure out um, how to say it. But we'll talk more about that in our longer uh, episode. So thank you all so much for listening to Building a Stage. Follow Break the Chain Theater Company on TikTok. We have TikTok now, Facebook, Instagram, no Twitter. And you can get tickets to the RNJ Project via our website. We'll link you to matrixtheater.org where the tickets are being sold. We are running until the 26th. Uh, February. Get your tickets because people are buying them and seating is limited. There's also a link in our Instagram bio. Yeah, that's why Alexis does the marketing. (laughs) All right. Thank you all so much. 